Hey, what's going on, you guys? This is Dante. And Michelle. And you're tuned into Life, Instructions Not Included, the podcast where we try to find all the pieces to make our lives feel a little bit more normal. Coming from different walks of life, we'll try to start a conversation that mentally stimulates us and challenges the way we all think. Today, we will be talking about part four of our four-part series on boundaries, particularly financial boundaries. So we'll be going over what is a financial boundary, why are they important to have, and how to identify financial boundaries for ourselves and with a partner. But before we dive in, let's check in with each other. How are you doing? Doing great. Feeling okay. So you guys will be getting a double dose of episodes this week because we had a little mishap the past week. So we're actually recording two episodes today. But other than that, everything's been good. I think that I've been pretty chill, working a lot more. I'm getting new clients, so that always that's always a good thing for me, keeping me busy. Um, but unfortunately, although I have been trying to save money, I have been buying a lot more shoes. Nike has been fucking up lately by How? putting out a lot of shoes that oh. I like. <laughs> that I like. I'm trying to refrain. That's not their problem. <laughs> I, I want to blame it on someone else but me. So that's, I'm going to blame that. <laughs> oh, RIP Nike Town Seattle. They just shut down. Oh, yeah. Not sure if you're aware. Yep. Yeah, but anyways, that's all that's been happening. I've just been buying shoes and and working. That is yeah. your weakness. It seems like almost every time I talk to you or pretty often, you always mention Ooh, a, a new pair. And fucking Daniel and Vince just sent, a, sent another... Um, Post about some Air Max ones that are coming out, mm. and everybody knows that I like Air Max. Well, I've always loved Air Max ones ever since like middle school, right? Mm-hmm. So now that they're pushing all these shoes out again, the same, yeah. the silhouette with a bunch of different colorways and other brands, yeah, other collabs with brands. I'm like, fuck, man, do I need it? Yes, no. I need it. <laughs> no, uh, but do so, you want it? Yes, do you need it? I don't think so. I've made some adjustments in my spending habits. There are certain shoes okay. I won't get anymore. Okay. I just need the Air Max ones. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going on this whole Air Max trend again. I used to I used to be really into Air Maxes, and I just bought a lot. And then what happened was I got a bunch of speeding tickets. This okay. is back in the day. So I got a bunch of speeding tickets, and I had to, I had to pay for them, right? And these, these tickets were, like, high up. Okay. And so I sold all my shit mm-hmm. in order to pay for speeding tickets. Then I realized I had to pay for tuition. So I sold mm-hmm. even more of my shit. Mm-hmm. And then now I miss all of them. So I want to make sure I can get whatever I can get hmm. now. I'm sure there's a way for you to still get the shoes and be able to save. Like, is this something? Oh, no, I'm still saving, just not as much. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Well, I was say, like, are you able to budget it? Like, if it is something that you want, because... I get it. At one point, like my husband was a sneakerhead as well. He doesn't buy shoes anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for you and the way you do it, you almost need like a good, hefty little budget for shoes every month. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've worked that out to where I've had to pass on a couple. And luckily, they're still on the websites. Like they're still uh-huh. available, which I'm cool with. So like for me. And they're not, hold on. They're not cheap. Because I remember looking at shoes lately, and I think men's shoes have always been expensive, like in the high 100s. Yeah, they've gone up. But they have gone up. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that doesn't help. So you you could spend up to, like, close to two bills for a pair. Depending on what it is, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Expensive. Two bills, for those of you that aren't aware of what one bill is, it's a hundred dollars. No way. I'm sure there's Did gotta be really some to... I'm sure there's some people out there that don't oh, know what the bill is. And you know, we got some people overseas that are listening to us. They might sure. not have the same lingo. So Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yes. One bill is a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so like this year I actually do budget. I put a certain amount of money aside mm-hmm. for shoes. Okay. And if it doesn't fit within the budget, I don't get it but i try to make ways to make sure that it like, does how can i make this work? yeah yeah so I, maybe i don't need to eat this week yeah <laughs> i mean yes yeah, it's perfectly fine <laughs> i can <laughs> forage in my garden <laughs> that's why i garden i mean that's you guys wonder like oh this guy loves plants like no i love shoes that's why i garden so i can save money on food no, to get the shoes <laughs> we'll be on the phone and you'll be in like your backyard and be like oh man have you tasted this I don't know, green onion before you're like snacking. <laughs> Snack it. Hey, green onions from the garden, man, they hit a little different. For those of you um, that garden, you know, it tastes different. Yeah, I know. Yep. You've handed me a leaf mm. before. Literally a leaf. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's funny. What's um, going on with you, though? What's new? Yeah, interesting you point that out because, like, lately, there's been a few things happening. And actually, as recently as yesterday, my husband and I had a talk also about finances and how we should, we could probably, no, not we could probably, but we could be more proactive in tracking our spending and doing better saving and just everything surrounding finances, right? So we're back on Mint. Again, and when I say we're back on Mint, what does that mean? Um, Mint's the app. Mint is, yeah. So it is a website, but we downloaded the app on our phone, and we are tracking our financial behaviors, spending, saving habits, whatever, through this app. Mm -hmm. And I like it because it is, like, very visual. I know you do, like, maybe you do spreadsheets or something, and if that works for you, great. But I do like the Mint app because it is visual um, and it's easier yeah. in that sense. Like it, it does it all for me, mm-hmm. and it looks like pretty. It's visual <laughs> appealing. Um, so we're like back on that kick again. So I am a little bit excited, a little bit excited, yes, to talk about financial boundaries. Um, all very applicable, and I know finances is like a very uncomfortable topic for people to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we are here to hopefully help break down that barrier and kind of normalize it. Yeah. You know, before you've asked me, why is it tough to talk about finances? Yeah. Why is it such a trouble topic? Yes. Amongst like just friends. Yeah. <coughs> friends or family. Everybody. And, you know, I've had some time to think about it. And I think we've we've discussed this a couple of times, but status is one of them. But I mm-hmm. also think that in certain societies, especially like maybe even actually, no, not even just certain societies. about I, status? What was that? What do you mean about status? When you say status, like where do you what rank? are you referring to? Where do you rank in society? Like you... if like the more you make, the more status you have. The, the more greater your status, you... the greater the greater your status is in society, like okay. within the society. Right? If you have more money, yeah. Okay. So that's one thing, and then also expectations based on where you are, or like what age you are. So when people are in their twenties, thirties, forties, you're expected to be at a certain level. And I think that when finances are brought up, if you feel like you don't meet those expectations, mm-hmm. you might feel like people are looking down on you, which mm-hmm. I mean, in turn, that's status, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I will say it sucks how 
we place so much value like on this piece of paper mm-hmm. a dollar you know like how it literally runs our lives when there are more important things but i get it you literally cannot do anything with money these days and to an extent i mean i money does buy happiness right if you have money you're able to buy things that make you happy whether that be like self-care you know um so i mean it is what it is but yes regardless super uncomfortable topic to talk about Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be yeah and i think this is our second episode on finances now we did a money and salary episode oh i forgot about that yeah (laughs) i don't even remember what we talked about in that episode if i'm being honest Mm -hmm. but um but yeah so today's topic is financial boundaries so let's dive in i want to first define what uh financial boundaries is because it might not be a term that people are are um fully aware about aware or like know what it means Exactly. Like maybe they have an idea. I I will say before we talked about financial boundaries, you and I, like, I didn't think about financial boundaries or I didn't have like strict financial boundaries. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I'll define it first. So uh, money boundaries are limits that you put in place to protect how you feel and to protect your finances. It lets you set clear expectations around how you engage with money and how you allow money to affect your relationships. And then in addition to boundaries are financial goals. And I think it's safe to say that more people are more common or most people are probably more familiar with financial (coughs) goals, setting financial goals for themselves rather than a financial boundary. So financial goals, something you want to reach or attain or achieve. Mm financially and think of boundary as the means on how to how are you going to get to your financial goal it's the framework that helps you get there yeah so for example an example of like a goal and then with a relating boundary could be financial goal is to pay off debt Mm -hmm. and then the boundary to that could be like i don't accrue any new debt and maybe i reduce eating out to once a week Mm -hmm. Um, opposed to, I don't know, three times a week and using that money that I would have spent those extra three times to paying off my debt or something like that. Can you think of any other examples of a goal and or boundary? That I have personally? Not necessarily personally, but I mean, if you do, feel free to share if you feel comfortable. So for me, like a while back, I set a couple of boundaries, financial boundaries when it came to parking, like Paying for parking. Okay. It sounds kind of crazy, but I'll no, tell you. I'll tell you guys I, why. I'm definitely <clears throat> interested in this because I just paid five eighty for parking for one hour in downtown Seattle, which I feel like is on the high end. So sorry. <laughs> you know what's sad? I think that's the norm now. I remember when they hiked up the prices because before it was like a dollar, maybe two dollars. When it was two dollars an hour, I was like, shit, this is too high. And then they bumped it up to five, five or six, and some places in downtown. Well, I get so for Seattle. Pricing around the city depends on how um, how much traffic is going on, uh, how much foot traffic there is, right? Oh, really? So in downtown Seattle, near where Nike Town was at, so like let's say if you go anywhere from 1st all the way up to 6th, maybe 7th, uh-huh. uh-huh. and you go from maybe Olive Street to Pipe, so that's a... Okay. That's probably anywhere from 4 to $6 per hour, okay? Would you say that's the high, like 
more the higher end. Yeah, that's got to be the that's, that's got to be that's the higher okay, for street okay. parking. Okay, yeah. So when I said five eighty for the hour, and I think it was an hour and a half actually. Yeah. I was on First and Bell. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking about foot traffic, I'm also talking about hours throughout the day, right? So if you go to Cap Hill and you mm-hmm. park in the morning uh-huh. on Cap Hill, it's twenty five cents. Okay. Per hour, but if you go on like the afternoon or the night, the prices go up, or the evening, yeah, prices go up. So there's varying rates. They changed that once the pandemic hit, I think. I was going to say, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Because I just go through the pay-by-phone app now. Yeah. Where you enter your time, mm-hmm. and then it just calculates it for you, right? Yeah, like, I don't think anybody realizes. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to be here for an hour, hour mm-hmm. and a half. And then it just is like, okay, this is $4. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. But, but okay, yes, that makes sense. Yeah. So now I just think Who that's the norm. Capitol Hill in the morning? I got clients I over do, there. <laughs> So it's a, it's a different mood in the morning. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so anyway, you had so a budget for parking. For parking. Um, no, not necessarily a budget, but I set boundaries for oh, oh. parking that helped me to save money. Okay. Right. So there's parking and my coffee intake in the morning. Right. So it's the, different from the afternoon. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it was really, <laughs> it was really, you have no idea. It was really bad. I used to drink eight cups of coffee by six or seven a.m. My eyes just got so Yeah, it's, so that's why Wait, I reduced it. Yeah, I mean, I'm up at five. I'll drink a couple of cups before I go to work. Like eight cups of coffee before eight a.m. Yeah. Okay. Move well, on. I'll say eight shots. Move, we'll say up. eight shots. Okay. Okay. So, um, so anyways, parking. I had to set boundaries for myself because I realized that I spend two thousand dollars a year on parking mm. for work, mm-hmm. and I can't get out of that because where I work at, you have to pay for parking unless you park, you park a mile out. Yeah, which a mile, I don't mind walk. Well, it That's was a, a long walk. No, hold on. Sorry, not a mile. Maybe half a mile. <laughs> maybe half a mile. Yeah, Damn, so. You need a shuttle. So it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but I'm like, fuck, $2,000 overall. I'm like, I could probably put that 2000 somewhere else. For sure. So when I had the time, I would park further. Like if I get to work like 30 minutes early, it's a 10 mm-hmm. minute walk. Mm-hmm. I don't mind doing that. Mm-hmm. So that was my boundary. For myself, mm-hmm. which was, I was like, I need to save money so no parking in the in the big lot. Mm-hmm. And the coffee thing, I guess I'll spend like $20, $25 a day on coffee alone. That's $100 a week, right? Wow. So uh, just on coffee. Yeah, that's a and lot. And then sometimes if I go get coffee, I get a breakfast sandwich, so it might be even more than that, right? right. So I just sat down, you know, this maybe take a, took about like five or six months for me to realize how much I was spending. Damn, yeah. And the only way I was able to realize it was because I think I was saving up for something. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. my money is going somewhere else where I could just be saving that, right? Something that's not that important or not that big of a deal. Yeah. And, you know, this topic, it may seem simple, may seem like it's common sense, but mm-hmm. sometimes people don't realize, like, they don't think about how they got in the situation where they needed to figure out a strategy to set financial boundaries, right? I will say they probably don't track it so they don't realize how much they are spending or like it's hard for them to visualize it because they're not tracking and they're just swiping, swiping, swiping Mm -hmm. and not looking at like, oh, shoot, I did spend $100 on coffee. Like that's kind of ridiculous when I could be spending it on more important things. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's say when it comes to um, the thing you threw. Hi. I was, there was a rumor in this book that 1 p.m. Um, oh, at oh, 1 p.m.? Okay. Yes. So I was wondering if you had something. Okay, thank okay. you. 
Shit, what do we do? Damn it. Well, this is what happens when you record at the library. So, what was it? Again, yeah, so this may seem like something that's like common sense for most people. But mm -hmm. if you could think back at the time where you're like, shit, my spending habits are poor. I need to figure out what to do. Yeah. And everybody's going to have a goal in mind, but I think the hardest part is figuring out how to build that framework in order to get to the goal, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people want to get out of debt. A lot of people want to save a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to do A, B, C, or D, right? Mm -hmm. But how many people are actually putting in the effort to make it happen, you know? I think that's the hardest part with anything that we do. Like if you have a project in mind yep. or if you want to take any action in life, mm -hmm. like, yeah, we might be able to, I think the easiest part is to one identify or realize that there is some, some kind of issue mm -hmm. happening. Right. And that you sh we should come up with solutions, yeah. but more than just coming up with a solution, like actually applying it yep. to get the job done, yep. whatever it might be. So, I mean, yeah, that could apply to anything and i use i use exercises as, as an example right mm -hmm. i get so many people that say oh i want to get in shape this year i want to start working out this year i want to start doing this mm -hmm. i talk to them three months later like oh, yeah. oh what have you been up to ah nothing nothing because the hardest like you have the goal in mind yeah the hardest thing to do is to initiate it and some people just don't know how to go about mm -hmm. that right to add to that i'll say initiate it and then to follow through exactly Yep. I know that's something I personally struggle on is like the follow through. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you and your husband are talking about finances and yeah. setting financial boundaries. What got you guys to that point? Because <laughs> there had to be something that, there had to be a cue, right? In mm -hmm. order for you to be like, oh shit, we need to do something. And that might be something that some people mm -hmm. miss, which is that cue. Yeah. I mean, the fact that, so when we moved back to the city uh -huh. and being on one income and just the cost of living here is a lot more expensive. And at some point we started kind of diving into our savings a little bit, which we, it's not ideal for us to, and we don't want to dive into our savings. And so that's when it was like, okay, we need to kind of crack down on this more. And hope you guys aren't buying eggs. I heard eggs are really expensive. We are buying eggs because he's that's on probably the keto why, diet. That's probably why you guys are fucking doing that. I heard eggs are hella expensive. No. Um, are they no, not? No, no, they are. So, like, he went to Costco, and Costco didn't have any eggs, but then they had them at, like, Fred Meyers. So I did get, like, you know, 224 packs. But that's it. 224 packs? That's got to be, like, 80 bucks. <laughs> I mean, it's not that expensive. <laughs> I haven't bought eggs in a while. I just hear everybody complaining about eggs. Um, <laughs> All right, my bad. Go ahead. Um, so what was I saying? So yeah, I mean, we just need to realize, okay, like we really need to get, we need to crack down on our spending, saving habits, and, you know, just do something about it. Mm -hmm. So here we are. And like I said, yeah, this was literally just a talk we had yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so um, we will sit down, we will come up with a plan, and hopefully follow through with it. And so that's a good thing. You're coming up with a plan, right? Now, a lot of people might not have an idea on how to create a plan. So for me, my whole thing was a savings issue also. I had a certain amount saved, and then I started diving into my savings. And I was like, fuck, now I got to start all over again, right? And I realized that all I did was tell myself, Dante, just save money. And that worked mm -hmm. until it didn't. And, uh -huh. then I, and then I didn't know why it didn't work. And that's why. why I, what was that? Why didn't it work? 
Well, because I didn't see where all my spending, where all my money was going, mm-hmm. right? I thought I had all these boundaries set. I stopped um, eating out as much. I stopped drinking as much coffee or mm-hmm. I stopped buying as much coffee. I drink hella mm-hmm. coffee at home now. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was saving money, but then all that money was going somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier that I use spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. I had to use spreadsheets because I was able to manually put it in and be like, oh, shit, yeah. okay, this is where I, yeah. where I see it at. And He's a little old school. It's like checking oh his checkbook. Wait, not checking his uh, checkbook. Balancing, balancing, balancing my checkbook. checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Get with the program. But, <laughs> well, short story. My mom had me balance checkbooks when I was... Think ten. I've never balanced a checkbook Ever? in my life. So and I mean, like I think when I was younger, we got our our charge cards or debit cards. Like it came with one. Yeah. But I never used it. Yeah. So but, for you kids out there, balancing your checkbook is essentially what your bank apps do for you yeah. right now. It's just writing <laughs> down your spendings and then your remaining balances and making but, sure everything else. But that but, doesn't surprise me because like we're very pen to paper people, you know, yeah, yeah, we like yeah. to take notes and for some people that works. So, yeah, okay, cool. go ahead. So anyways, I was using the spreadsheets and it helped me out because I had to actually put in the numbers myself, right? Uh-huh, yeah. So you said you used Mint. Yeah. And I think Mint is really helpful for everybody. I didn't know that I had an account with Mint. Oh. I get emails. After we talked about it, I get all these emails with Mint and I'm like, oh shit, I guess I signed up a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But anyways, for my bank, I have everything that Mint has. And it helps because you get to see, and like there's graphs that yeah. help you to yep. visualize like, oh shit, majority of my spending is at this section and it's yeah. eating up that whole pie chart, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that helped out as well, but I needed another step. Me actually putting in the numbers was my, mm-hmm. was my step that helped me to be like, oh shit, I have to do all this work and actually see where all this money is going rather than just seeing mm-hmm. percentages on here. Yeah. I knew where I was fucking up. Mm-hmm. So that that's what um so that's the plan that I have for myself. I have to take these extra steps, even though it seems like a lot of work. That's how it works for me. I think everybody wants it to be as easy as oh, let me just save this amount of money, or let me just allocate this money somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But then when it doesn't work, what are you doing to make sure it does? Yeah, in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And so you have to figure out that plan and what, or at least sit down brainstorm and figure out what you can do to try mm-hmm. to get to that next level right mm-hmm. and on top of that i think having like concrete goals or boundaries helps too because this episode this talking topic of financial boundaries made me realize that i had very loose boundaries i actually like lacked financial boundaries And if you've heard the other parts, I lacked boundaries in general, Mm -hmm. very loose boundaries. But with my financial boundaries, pretty much it was just like, don't buy too much stuff that's unnecessary and only buy what you really need. Exactly. Okay. When we talk about needs versus wants, again, you don't need those shoes. I I knew where we were going with this. (laughs) So yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. That is one exception I'm making. I'm keeping these fucking shoes. Fine. Whatever. So sneakerheads <laughs> sneakerheads unite you guys <laughs> but no so when we talk about like needs versus wants and i'm very much in the late stages of my life like do i need it mm-hmm. is it going to be va- um bring value to me and ooh, another thing that i look at when i buy things is like is it multifunctional? like i love things that serve multiple purposes okay that you, and you like them exactly absolutely not not an air fryer let me show you the thing 
do, 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 do. Oh, so for example, like this coffee table mm-hmm. that we purchase. It is a coffee table, but it also opens up. Like the, the tabletop comes up okay. and it's like a storage. Yeah. So I love pieces that serve multiple purposes because, I mean, this is extra information for you guys to know, but like one day, like I do want to be a minimalist and... Uh, that's kind of like affecting my spending in a, in a good way, right? Because that means I'm more cautious of the things that I am buying and bringing into my life. Mm-hmm. But anyways, so very loose boundaries. Um, I didn't want to buy things that were unnecessary. Mm-hmm. But even though I had that loose boundary, it still wasn't good enough because I didn't have a concrete boundary mm-hmm. or it wasn't like... Like, my budgets were very, like, I okay, let's just say I don't even have a budget. But whatever it was, I didn't want to be buying more unnecessaries than essentials. Mm-hmm. But it didn't help because at the end of the month, I didn't know, like, what exactly my numbers were. I didn't know what yeah. the concrete data was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can look at my mint, and yes, it's a pretty graph, but at the same time, I there was, like, no exact dollar amount to it. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm just trying to say is, like, having more concrete and specific goals and that's goals across the board, right? Not just financial goals, but is going to help you become more successful overall. Yeah. I think like, so an important key point to the entire series, again, why it's important to have boundaries. Don't think of boundaries as a negative thing to like push something away. Like if it's not meant for me, I'm not going to tolerate it, but more so, letting people know these are my boundaries and I hope that you can respect them and that it's going to enhance our relationships, right? And that to communicate a boundary is not, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Don't think of it as a confrontation, but just informing someone and having it turn into a conversation. And an important conversation to have at that. All right, you guys. So if the sound quality sounds a lot better, it's because they did kick us out of the first location. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, get the fuck out. Y'all need to get your own studio, broke ass. Uh, We had to uh, relocate. We're in a new location now. Yeah, so we are in Rainier Beach. We're in the South End. Yes, I had to clarify what the South End is because Michelle did not understand that. But we'll save that for another day. Uh, but yeah, so let's get back on topic, financial boundaries. All right. Let's go over some steps that we think are important when it comes to building the framework for financial boundaries. So I think it's important to make sure that you have a plan set in place because you increase the likelihood of success whenever you have a plan and that's success for anything in life. Would you agree? For sure. For sure. Okay. What's the saying? It goes, if you don't have a plan, you plan to fail. Or something like that. Something like that. We'll go with it. I I think that's close enough. I forget what the saying is, but yes. Yeah. Okay. So for me, my plan or my steps to create the framework for setting a boundary would be one, establishing the goal. Got to make sure you know where the finish line is at or what the finish line looks like, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Then step two, you want to identify your barriers. What is holding you back from getting to that? to that goal, Mm -hmm. from crossing that finish line. Step three, I've got create solutions to overcome those barriers. Mm -hmm. 
And then step four, this may be like a little much for some, but I like reminders, visual cues, and conditioning myself. So providing myself with rewards, right? So if I want to save a certain amount of money, I don't allow myself to possibly eat out at a specific restaurant until I have this certain amount saved. Mm-hmm. I don't allow myself to buy a, a clothing item or a pair of shoes until I've paid off whatever, yada, 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 right? So that those are my four steps when it comes to building that framework. And step four, I think, is really important for people only because, you know, it gives you that reminder of what your goal is, right? Mm-hmm. It makes you, it holds you accountable and it allows you to visualize your progress mm-hmm. towards your goal. Yeah, for sure. You know, when you were telling me your framework and your steps to identify personal ones, it sounds very similar to setting boundaries with a partner or in a relationship. Um, so I had the first one also goal setting. And two, identifying obstacles or issues in the way to reaching that financial goal, right? But what, but what's different, and obviously you're in a pair, or this is with someone else. And so what's really important is to have open communication with your partner and to also have transparency. And that can be like transparency regarding spending habits or saving habits or whatever it might be. Um, what are you spending money on? You know, maybe some of it is a lot of like wants and not really needs based. Um, And then the other most, like one of the more important things is like to be on the same page, which is going to probably take some compromise. I think those are like the three, three most important things when you're coming up with uh, boundaries with a partner. My number three, and I think this is the same for you, was creating a plan. My step four was actually applying the plan. Mm-hmm. So again, you talked about how important it is to not just create one, but applying it to our lives. Uh, and yeah. for us, yep. and this is going to look different for everyone else, but for us, it's like we have a calendar that we both contribute to and uh, we're going to apply. So like for us was um, we're going to have a monthly. No, not a monthly. We're going to have a weekly appointment. Shit. <laughs> that sounds stressful. <laughs> or I mean a weekly appointment, a weekly meeting, yeah. whatever. And it's just like a brief talk, right, to kind of like catch catch up with each other. Um, <laughs> you call your husband. Uh, sorry. You're uh, late your to appo- the meeting. <laughs> you're late to the meeting. We're going to have to reschedule your appointment with me. Yeah. I like, where is it located? Like, oh, in the bedroom. Like, come on, hurry up. But, but yeah, so like actually applying that and what does it look like in our lives, right? Because it's very busy. <laughs> Sorry, but you said the meeting's in the bedroom. It made me think of that Drew Hill song. There's a meeting in, I think a meeting in my room. Oh, I, I ah, never mind. Let's <laughs> do it later. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so we're like putting that on our calendar, right? And then even above that, like I'm probably going to be looking at our finances, mm-hmm. myself too, like on my own time. And that's something that I'll just do. But step five is because you're in, this is a partnership, you have to keep each other accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the nice thing about doing something in a partnership, like whether it's having an exercise buddy or a buddy like on the same diet or a same program yep. or whatever, like 
you guys have the ability and are fortunate to keep each other accountable to stick with this plan that you came up with or else you're just failing yourselves. So, yes. I I did want to add on to that. When it comes to setting financial boundaries personally and as a couple, if you do feel like you fall off track, you want to make sure that you find a way to remind yourself what your goal is, right? So let's say if you're in a relationship and you feel as if one individual is spending more money or not saving enough money as you guys plan to, mm-hmm. kindly remind them that, like, hey, we have this overall goal. Do you think this is helping out? Mm-hmm. Rather than approaching them saying, you're spending too much money. You got to stop this. We're not getting we're not getting where we need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, turn into more of a positive conversation rather than, a blame game. A blame game, yeah, or having a negative tone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that will definitely help out. And I mean, like, at the end of the day, that's your partner. Yeah. Right? And so you should be able to have these types of conversations, and hopefully it doesn't get to a place of, like, resentment or blaming or just encompassing negative emotions, you know? It's tricky. It's not easy. But again, have these conversations to protect your peace and how it affects your relationship with others. Yeah. And think about like the framework that we put together. This works for us. Mm-hmm. There might be different strategies that you take. Absolutely. And while listening to this episode, what are some of the steps that you're taking to get to where you want to be right? financially? Mm-hmm. What steps are you taking in order to set your boundaries and making sure that they stay there and you are abiding by all the rules you're putting down for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you kind of mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the framework, but in case you didn't, how are you going to apply the steps that we just mentioned in order to set or create financial boundaries for you and your husband or for yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So I mentioned earlier, we are literally just having this conversation, right? It happened yesterday, and it's going to be a continuous conversation because we haven't exactly set, like, concrete boundaries yet, but that's where we want to get to, right? Mm -hmm. So sit down, have a conversation with each other, Mm -hmm. figure out what our goals are, and once we do come up with a plan... Oh, I mentioned our calendar. Like, we have a calendar. We put everything on this calendar from appointments to what's he doing, what I'm doing, what are the kids doing. Mm -hmm. It's that. And this is something we just started, really started, like, the past month. Yeah. And I think it is working out for us actually really well. But whatever the plan is, and we come up with our weekly appointments, Mm -hmm. our weekly (laughs) meeting time, we'll put that in, too. Yeah. So we don't miss that step. Because I think that's easy to be like, eh, we're with each other. We live with each other. Let's just have this talk another time, right? Mm-hmm. But no, like setting the time aside for it and just actually doing it. So I think um, applying it to that calendar will help a lot. And then that next step, just just checking in with each other. I think that that weekly meeting is going to be important. Okay. Not, Was that something you didn't have before? No. Yeah. No, we didn't. Okay. And yeah, that seems like a lot, but again, at the same time, if you really want to be proactive at it and you want to make sure you are going in the right direction, I think you do need to talk about it that often. Mm -hmm. 
you know, just like any project, maybe at work, you have a big project coming up or something, yep. you know, you, you talk with whoever you're collaborating with pretty often, right? Yeah. Until, until the goal is met or done or, or whatever. So I think that's going to be the key part, just being continuous within weekly. You know, I wanted to point out that we both have a common perspective on our framework or our approach towards achieving our financial goals and applying financial boundaries, right? Which uh, this common perspective would be that it's tedious Mm -hmm. or it may seem tedious, you know, to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I've had similar conversations with plenty of people and a lot of them have said that, you know, they know what their financial goal is. Mm -hmm. They know what the barriers are that are holding them back from achieving their financial goal. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they can't stick with it. You know, I've fallen victim to it plenty of times. I don't know about you, but I'm sure mm-hmm. majority of the people in the U.S. have fallen victim to that, right? Mm-hmm. That's why, what is it? I mean, the average household debt is $96,000, right? It's pretty fucking high. But the reason why our steps have become so, our plan or framework has become so tedious is because we're figuring out the factors that are helping to keep us on track. And as long as we're able to create this plan and realize what is helping us keep on track, once we fall off, we know how to get back on, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. And again, same thing with exercise. How many people want to work out so badly? Mm -hmm. You know, they start working out, something happens and they stop. Mm -hmm. Are you taking the time to think about what is causing you to stop or fall off track? And are you taking the time to plan out how you're going to get back and stay on track? Mm-hmm. You know, same thing works with finances mm-hmm. and yeah. creating those financial boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just think about how even if someone has a plan or I mean, first off, coming up with a plan is hard. <clears throat> Maybe you don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And then sticking to a plan, applying it to your life is even hard. That's like doing the hard work that some people don't want to do, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I had a similar problem when it came to studying. How so? So when I was in college, I used to compare myself to everybody else where they would read, they'd read a couple paragraphs in a chapter or or a research article Mm -hmm. and they know what to look at and get the right information, draw the right information and they ace the test. Mm -hmm. I tried doing the same thing and I just didn't know what exactly I was supposed to look for, right? And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm barely passing these exams. And some of the quizzes I'm fucking up on, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, why am I not able to do do as well on the exams as everybody else? Mm -hmm. And then I realized it was the way that I'm approaching it. It's the way that I learned. The way that I learned, I need to read everything. I need to take notes while I'm reading, highlight important sections. I need to take those extra steps, right? Mm -hmm. And at first, I was like, there's got to be something wrong with me. I don't get it. I'm calling up my cousins. I'm like, hey, bro, like, did you have this problem when you were in school? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I can't retain shit. Mm-hmm. And he told me what he had to do. And I was like, fuck, that's way too much work. I don't want to do that. But More once, than what you were doing? Yeah, Sorry. it was a lot. It was a lot. Okay. But, it, I mean, it took me a while to get to that step of having to highlight, take notes mm-hmm. while reading, take notes in the book, then type shit up. And it got to the point where I was dating a teacher uh, a few years back. And I was telling her how I study. Because I had to do some, um, I had to take some other exams the past couple of years. And 
she was like, oh my God, that's way too much work. Like, <laughs> I think you could be doing less and being more efficient. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, it does seem tedious for other people. You know, mm-hmm. there are more efficient ways for other people. Mm-hmm. But for me, there was something that was not clicking mm-hmm. and I had to take all these extra steps in order to make mm-hmm. it fucking click, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean when I say like, it may seem tedious to you, to the listeners, it may seem tedious to you guys, but if it's not working for you right now, you might have to take those extra steps to get to where you want to be. Yeah. Right? I can see that. I mean. It's exhausting, but it works. Whatever works for you, and that's something that, you know, we all just have to figure out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's, I think that's one, like, benefit to, to doing it with someone else, like a partner, because you guys are able to bounce ideas off of each other, um, give insights to each other come up with a plan together, right? And I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but, and I think, I don't know that even I have to, if I even have to say this because it's kind of the obvious, it's stating the obvious, but when you do come up with a plan or when you work with someone else towards a goal of like coming up with financial boundaries or a financial goal is like, you guys have to be on the same page. That's the other tricky part because everyone approaches finances so differently. So how are you going to apply your framework that you mentioned earlier? For me, I have another extreme. So I have a vision board for for my finances. And so I have my number at the top. I think about all my spending habits. So go back to the spreadsheets that we talked about. I have all my, all the items that I buy that are unnecessary, right? Okay. The coffee, the eating out, the parking. Um, well, parking sometimes necessary depending on the days. But mm-hmm. I try to figure out what I can take out. And then I also figure out where can I make extra money. Mm-hmm. So on my calendars, I have how much I need to make each week on top of what I already get paid. Mm-hmm. And I got to figure out where is that income going to come from, right? So that's what I do. And, you know, the the amount that I put on my calendar, that's also that reminder. Mm-hmm. If I don't make it that week, I mm-hmm. put a big red X. Oh. And that big red X, like, throws me off. I get sad, deep depression, <laughs> hide in a corner. And does I'm, it have <laughs> to be red? <laughs> it's like yelling at you. But, but you okay. know, I mean, having those amounts on my calendar, my daily planner, mm-hmm. and setting reminders on my phone, too, that I have to go – that I have to continuously reach out to random people or random, like, previous clients, sorry, and just making these extra cold calls, putting in that extra effort to make sure I have that the income that I need for that week, that extra income for that week. Mm-hmm. Okay, good for you. Yeah. I mean, it sounds pretty thorough. Yeah, I mean, it had to be because there are plenty of times where I fell off track and I was just like, fuck, let me just do this extra work. And, and I wasn't getting closer to my goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was making enough to, to live and buy this stuff that I wanted, mm-hmm. right? My clothes and shoes and all the extra shit, go mm-hmm. out and have fun, but it wasn't allowing me to get to my personal goal, my career goal. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. We'll check in another time to see how we are doing. Yeah. We'll check in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, cool. Well, remember, we all have different journeys in life. What may be right for me might not be right for you and vice versa. We're hoping that this episode enlightened you and inspired you to bring up these types of conversations with your community. Hoping that you can be a part of our community. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at life.ini. Fuck, I need glasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap on this episode. Until next time. <laughs>